0: The people of Nova have written a devotional. It's beautiful. Cover covers beautiful. The writings are even more beautiful in this. And we've put it together with those four themes in mind. And today's message is on peace. And starting tomorrow, for the next six days, we'll read a daily devotional on the theme of peace from our text today in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. if we're going to talk about peace in today's world, is if Christians believe that Jesus has come into the world and is the prince of peace, why Why is there so much conflict and strife in our world? Maybe you've asked yourself that question, or maybe you will this week in our week of peace. This morning the choir sang a song. Thank you for that ministry. The song was entitled, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. The famous poet, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, wrote that a poem that were used in the lyrics of that song. And that poem he wrote was written in the middle of the Civil War. And it captured that awful tension of Christmas in the promised Prince of Peace. But how can, be, how can there be peace during a time of war? And so he writes in one of the verses, he writes, And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And I think, of course, if you're going to be writing this during the middle of the Civil War. And then he writes another stanza. Then rang the bells more loud and deep. God's not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. I borrowed this next apart from Pastor Emeritus John Sanders. And he used these words in a Christmas Day sermon 27 years ago. The history of humans is a tragic litany of conflict and war. Over a century and a half ago, someone, somebody did the math. Between about 1500 B.C. In 1860 A.D., for every year of peace, there have been 13 years of war. In the previous three years, in the previous three centuries, there had been 286 wars in Europe. More than 8,000 treaties of peace meant to remain in force forever were made. On average, though, the peace treaties stayed in force for two years. In the over three millennia of recorded world history, the world has only been at peace only 8% of the time. And so I I ask myself, are there different meanings of peace? Really, I mean, I, I don't think so, but do we really all want the same peace? The, the Bible defines peace and hope and joy and love, but they may be different definitions than the meanings that our neighbor down the street or our, our coworker or our classmate might have. The world has a definition of peace, but is it the same peace that Jesus, the Prince of peace, offers? I think we would all like a state of heart in mind that could be described as peace. I think we're searching for that. In your notes here, the first point we could make here is the peace that everyone wants is an absence of internal stress and external conflict. I think we can all sort of amen that. We all want an absence of internal stress. We all want an an absence of external conflict. We want everyone to see eye to eye. We don't want anyone to be in need. We want everyone to play nicely together, right? And this is what most of us think being at peace is, I think. You may be surprised that in this world, Jesus never promised that kind of peace. It will come one day, it will but not until Jesus returns to set up his kingdom and finalize his kingdom. In the meantime, the mission of Jesus is to recruit people into his kingdom by making disciples that make disciples. That's our mission. And I think there's some disappointment because we all want that internal sort of lack of stress, that. We all want the external lack of conflict. But it really won't end until Jesus sets up his kingdom. Second point in your notes here that we can make is the peace that everyone needs is with God. Is it... Is humanity at war with God? Romans chapter 5 gives us some words. It says, For if... While we were God's enemies. The word enemy is a word of war. For while we were, while for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through this life? It's a great, great question. Chelsea, one of our Nova community church writers of the devotional. You'll read this in day four, but let me just give you a little clip of what she wrote for us. She says, In times like this, in the middle of the crazy Christmas season, I crave the peace. It can be so easy to get distracted by all the sparkly, the to-do lists, and all the things our society says we should not miss. However, I know if I want true peace, it is Jesus I need to unite myself to. It's truth. When Jesus talked about peace, it wasn't about a lack of stress or a lack of conflict. He gives us some words in John 14 and John 16. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives wow, that's a good good statement to the different meanings of peace that we're experiencing. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. When we aren't clear on the peace everyone wants and the peace everyone needs, we might have trouble in our relationship with God. Audrey writes in day one of our devotional, she says, peace is very hard to find in an age of constant distractions. However, God is always with us just amongst all our distractions. It can be very hard to hear him sometimes. So true. So if everyone wants no stress and no conflict but can't ever get it, what do we do? (laughs) What, what, what can we do? And so I have this section in your notes I'm just calling Peaceful Actions. Have you ever offered peace to somebody but was rejected? Peace offered is not necessarily peace received. If, if we're in conflict, I can offer you peace, but if there is no peace, there is no peace until you receive that offer or accept the offer and so some peaceful actions that we could take here i think i have four of them here the first one is this accept the gift of god the first is accept the gift of god in romans chapter 6 it says the wages of sin is death but the gift of god it's the gift of god Accept it is eternal life in christ jesus our lord and just because god has made peace with humanity it doesn't mean we're all at peace with God and welcomed into the family of God until we accept the gift of God. It's sort of like this, if if you can kind of go with this illustration. It's sort of like we're all condemned criminals. It's sort of like we're all condemned criminals. We're in prison. We're on death row, meaning we're slated to experience death through the death penalty. So we're all all condemned criminals. We're in prison, on death row. And when Jesus went to the cross to die for our sins, he said, it is finished. And when he did that, it was like he went through the prison and unlocked every single one of our prison cells and said, follow me. But some, however, have chosen to stay in their unlocked prison cells. And for now, Jesus is waiting. He's just waiting. He says, follow me, and he's waiting. And, and I think Adam used it uh, last week in John chapter 3, verse 16. It, it bears repeating. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And when Jesus calls you to follow, to step out of your cell that he unlocked, and you're on death row, he's calling you to be free. Verse 17 of John chapter 3. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And this is the purpose of the advent of Jesus, to save the world. But the scripture doesn't stop here because A lot of people just kind of stop right there. In verse 18 it says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Now back to the death row metaphor okay it's jesus he says hey everybody in prison i've unlocked the cells i I paid the price to set you free follow me and some people are like nah i like it here kinda three square meals a day no responsibility or work I kind of like hanging with the homies in the yard, lifting weights and playing hoops. You might think it's strange, but I've kind of grown to love it here. And that's what it's like for some throughout history. Some people have not accepted or received the gift of God, and they stand condemned. The first peaceful action that you, that everyone should make is accept the gift of God. The second is this, to offer your peace to others. The scriptures are filled with, with this action step for us. And now that we've accepted the gift of God, been adopted into the family of God, we've made, been made full heirs as sons and daughters of the King, one of our life priorities is, is to offer this peace to others. And we're called by Jesus to be spiritual recruiters, not cultural warriors. Take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. There's a new identity that we get. It's it's not the old, it's the new identity. So we have this new identity. And all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is our ministry that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This is our ministry. It's our primary mission. And in the in-between time, where peace has been made, but the kingdom is not complete yet, our job is to be missionaries to our family and you probably had some family around this weekend and either how joyful or how difficult or a combination of both maybe it is you're called to be a missionary to your family and to your friends friends in school friends in the workplace friends in our extra things that we do The gyms where we work out at, the sports that we are on and play, the arts that we engage with, the recreations, the hobbies, the free time. We're missionaries wherever we go, wherever we go, to love and welcome all of these people that God put in your life and praying that the Holy Spirit would draw them unto himself, and being watchful for the work that God's doing in their life. It's such a privilege to have all of that happen in your life. And if we're really gonna do this, if we're gonna do it at all, we're gonna have to be at peace with others. Because you're never gonna recruit anyone if you're mad at them. You're never gonna recruit anyone if you're afraid of them. You're never gonna recruit anyone If you don't like them, Romans chapter 12, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Accept the gift of God. Offer your peace to others. The third is be an agent of peace. If you want to call it peacemaker, you can. Be an agent of peace. We're in a tough season in our world. I mean, uh, I think you feel it. I do too. We're at the sort of the, if culture kind of goes up and down, we're we're at the bottom. Maybe it's going to go deeper. I don't know. You feel it, so do I. The relief of having COVID behind us, and then I think, but is it, right? The economy, politics, the anger, the identity issues that are out there, the polarization, If you do something or you say something that someone doesn't agree with, they're so quick to cut you off. Not wanting to listen, not wanting to talk. People are just, I'm done with you. And I know many of you desired to run away. I felt that. Build shelters against the cultural storm, hunkered down and hope that it'll just pass us by. And yet, in the middle of a tough season, we see those who are far from God draw near to him. And as the Holy Spirit draws people unto himself, he uses agents of peace in a godless, bottomed-out culture. Sadie. In day six that you'll read this week, she writes, God shares with us himself and his wisdom about right relationship, which aims for reconciliation and restoration, bringing peace with God and with each other. No wonder Jesus said he offers us his own peace through himself, a peace that the world cannot provide or accomplish. You know, I I think you've heard that story it's a famous story of a boy and starfish. The story goes like this, that one day a man was walking along the beach and he noticed a boy in the distance that was hurriedly picking up something and throwing them back in the water. And so the man approached the boy and he asked, the young man, what are you doing? And the boy replied, I'm throwing starfish back in the ocean. He said, the surf is up and the tide is out. And if I don't throw them back, they'll die, all of them. And the man laughed to himself and he said to the boy, Don't you realize, don't you realize there are miles and miles of beach and hundreds of thousands of starfish? You can't make a difference. And after listening politely, the boy bent down. He picked up another starfish and he threw it back in the water. And he smiled at the man and said, I made a difference to that one. Making a difference is our call, our mission. Bringing peace as a peace agent, one person at a time. So we accept the gift of God as an action of peace. We offer peace to others and then to, we're, we're to be an agent of peace one at a time. And the last is this to make peace with God and others. Make peace with God and others. It's challenging work of being a peacemaker in today's godless culture. And here's how we do it. We do it by learning, by listening to people in the culture all around us. It's lifelong work. It's one-at-a-time work. And it's our work as followers of Jesus. In Romans chapter 12, it says, Bless those who persecute you, you live at peace with everyone. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the work of a peacemaker. This is our work. There will be opposition, guaranteed. There will always be opportunities. And there, always, there will always be those who are angry, those who are hurt, Those who are afraid and those who are cynical in this world. And there will always be someone who says to you with a sneer, it can't be done. But our Nova family, we are committed. We're committed to this work because this is our mission. And so we follow the gentle Savior who calls us to be agents of peace. God knows we need some right now. Those who walk in darkness need to see a great light. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Amen.